Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. 25 years ago, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996 was passed, lovingly referred to as HIPAA. Now, most people know HIPAA as being about healthcare privacy and security, but back when the law was being developed, the most exciting thing in the provisions for the industry was the fact that the law would standardize electronic business transactions like claims and payments, those administrative transactions between health plans and hospitals and physicians. In fact, privacy and security, they were just subsections under the broader administrative simplification part of the law. Weedy, the sponsor of this webcast, was there at the beginning of HIPAA, helping to think through how the healthcare industry could simplify the administrative of healthcare in this country, and by doing so, save time and money. As HIPAA turns 25, it's an exciting time for Weedy, as more and more of healthcare information, clinical and administrative, is going electronic. And as we come to our one-year anniversary of a worldwide pandemic, the need for digital healthcare data seems more essential than ever. And that is why we are so pleased to have Nancy Spector on another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Nancy Spector has been with the American Medical Association for nearly 16 years, but more specifically, she is the current incoming chair of the board of Weedy. So she is the perfect guest for HIPAA's 25th birthday. I'm your host, Matthew Albright. My day job is Chief Legislative Affairs Officer for Zealous Payments. Z-E-L-I-S. Zealous's mission is to enable providers to simplify and save on their payments and claims. I also serve as the Communication Committee Chair for WEDI. That's W-E-D-I. WEDI is a national membership organization where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. And Nancy is, of course, the incoming uh, chair of the board of Weedy. So Nancy, very happy to have you on your show, on our show, and your show too, because you're part of Weedy. And I'd like to dive right in and ask you a bit about your own uh, personal journey. How did you come to be in healthcare policy? Hi, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here today and talking to you about, um, you know, my story within healthcare and Weedy and and everything I'm looking forward to doing as uh, the incoming chair of Weedy. So my origin story, I started out as a nurse uh, in uh, neonatal intensive care, and I don't have a great story as to what pushed me into nursing, um, and I always felt a little um, uh, different with my classmates at the time. Uh, you know, they would talk about, you know, having a grandmother who had lived with them, and and they would take care of them, and it really stirred the passion for them to become a nurse. I... Um, <laughs> I really liked science and, and I, I really liked the idea of healthcare and helping people. And so that's, that's what pushed me into going into nursing. And I, um, I really liked the neonatal intensive care. A lot of people, when I tell them about that, they say, oh my gosh, you know, how, you know, it must've been so hard to work there. And first of all, I have to say, and again, saying a little bit here for the nurses out there and, and during this time, with the pandemic, can't say enough about what nurses do and how hard of a job it is. And thank goodness there are people who have different passions for um, different things and can 
go into different areas of nursing. I um, have a friend who does hospice nursing, and I just think she's amazing for being able to take care of patients at that stage of their life. For me, the intensive care nursery was um, an, a place where the, the infants, the babies, they would come in at their sickest and they would continually get better. And we would get to discharge them home to their parents and family. And, and there was a lot of um, satisfaction that came from that. So that was um, sort of, you know, how you, how you learn to cope and thrive in, in whatever area you choose, especially within nursing, which is, like I said, a really, can be a really difficult job. Um, so I did that for about six years, but I have to say, and this is where I feel a little guilty too for my, my nursing colleagues, I just, and I hate the word burnout, but really did get burned out. It's a crazy life schedule and it is hard work. And, um, you know, it's weekends and nights and never really syncing up with what your you know spouse is doing, your family's doing, your friends are doing. And I just um, really started also to think about wanting to do something that could have a broader impact with patients. And so I I started looking around in the hospital I was working at the time. There was an opening in their risk management patient safety department, and I applied and, and was hired there. And um, I, that was an interesting switch to go from, you know, being at the bedside and taking care of patients to, um, and, and with that neonatal focus to looking at the whole hospital system and not and, you know, patients in, in every specialty and all the different areas of the hospital. But um, what we would do is we would investigate whenever there was an incident that had happened involving a patient. What I liked about the work that we were doing is we focused on the system itself and what had gone wrong within the system and not the individual Um when I was doing this, there was a lot of talk about, oh, blame and train. You blame a person and you then you retrain them and then they'll get it right the next time. You know, if they gave the wrong medication, oh, it's because they didn't know the policy and we just need to retrain them on that. But we looked at it from a system perspective. Well, why did they give the wrong medication? Did the wrong medication come from the pharmacy? Was the order not written correctly? Um, was the person, you know, too busy and um, didn't have the time to thoroughly look at what they were doing. Um, you know, so we would try to look at the system and address it from that perspective. So I, you know, I, I stayed in risk management for uh, about six years. And again, it, it, it's a, it's a tough area to be in as well, because you spend a lot of time just focusing on what went wrong. And um, I always found it kind of challenging when I would have family and friends asking me about my work. And I would sometimes tell them some of the stories, but it was kind of hard to tell stories because it would make them afraid to go to the hospital or, or to see their doctor. It, it did get to be, um, like I said, challenging because sometimes within that system, part of the problem was that you didn't always see commitment from the management to really make the changes that would fix the problems. And sometimes their hands were tied. It was a matter of money and resources. You know, they had to, you know, get that from their boss and, and um, that didn't always come through. But it got frustrating because we would sometimes see a problem, make recommendations for what could be changed. 
and those changes wouldn't necessarily get recommended or not fully recommend or implemented. And then uh, we would see that problem happen again. And it just got to a point where, you know, you just felt like you weren't really making that impact or making those improvements that you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So I um, ended up leaving there and I got involved in quality improvement, which to some extent, there's a lot of similarities between the patient safety and the quality improvement. Uh, quality improvement um, sometimes is more focused on looking at you know measures and and um, looking at. Um, let me. It seems like it's more on out, it's more on outcomes than it is on fixing the system, right? It's grading. It feels like right. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's it's about look assessing the the systems and assessing situations. Um, on an ongoing basis. So it would be like I, I covered surgery. And so I would be looking at um, uh, quarterly, I would do reports on uh, uh, different operations. And, and I would look at um, what is the criteria for like, the medical necessity around doing this procedure. And then I would review charts and make sure that the part met all of the criteria that was for that particular surgery. And so it's, it was a lot of ongoing measurement of, of what was happening and quality within the hospital. It, so it was during this time that I decided to go back to grad school then. And I um, was thinking about, you know, what could I do from a broader perspective and thinking about it from more of a policy and more maybe from a national perspective. And I went to grad school and got a master's in communications, which the program had a focus on management and leadership. And I liked that aspect that it was, um, it, it provided a variety of, of skills and focused on a broader area. I, it felt those were things that I could bring forward in whatever area I decided to go into next. Um, and then through networking connections, as I was finishing my master's, I interviewed at the AMA and I was hired. And um, actually, Jean Narcissi, who many of Weedy members will know her, she's been on the board for a long time and um, has been involved with Weedy for many years. And she's been a great mentor to me. Uh, she um, hired me and I was working under her uh, and in an area that was really brand new to me. I mean, HIPAA was you know, not something that I had heard much about. Um, and I, I felt like I'd stepped into a whole new world with a whole new language. Uh, and um, she really was a great person for helping to give me the, the foundation of understanding um, what administrative simplification, um, you know, data exchange, standards, all of that um, meant for the industry and how and, it could all play a critical role. And it, and it sounds and it like, like pretty quickly after you started working at uh, AMA, you got involved with Weedy. Is that right? Yes, I did. Um, so right from the start, I got involved with Weedy. And, um, and then as um, I was AMA for about a year and Jean left um, and went to the American Dental Association. That's where she's at now. And at that point, I then became involved with the Weedy board. So I um, um, was promoted to her position after she left. And that's where I've been since at the AMA. 
So, so you've been with, uh, you were with AMA, right, uh, for about 15, 16 years. You started with Weedy right away. Maybe um, tell us a little bit about Weedy, uh, broadly, what is Weedy's uh, vision and mission? And then as incoming chair of the board, maybe uh, talk about where you think Weedy's going to go in the next couple of years. Sure, happy to. I, um, as I said, I, I got, as you were saying, I got involved with Weedy um, as I, as I joined when I joined the AMA in 2005. And at that time, Weedy was really deep into implementing 4010. Um, I believe the compliance date was somewhere around 2003, but there were still you know, enforcement discretions in effect. Uh, MPI was in the works. Weedy was really bustling. Uh, there were lots of webinars, lots of papers being published. You know, conferences were full um, with pre-cons, post-cons, privacy and security. Um, the operating rules were starting to come into um, existence by CAQH4, and there was a, a lot of work going on. Um, and um, MPI, like I said, was um, was a new regulation that had been out, and there were implementation deadlines for that. And I got involved with Weedy's work groups right from the start. So working in claims, the MPI groups, acknowledgments, attachments, um, all those fun, you know, how do we implement these standards and how do we make these transactions electronic, things that had been done in non-standard forms or in paper forms, and how can we do this electronically? And um, I really just, in the beginning, just, involved and tried to listen and be in, in as many of these different work groups as I could just to absorb what was going on in the industry. And then in 2006, I um, became a member of the board. And that was really, um, I felt really privileged at the time uh, because I hadn't been in the industry for that long. I hadn't been working with some of the people um, who were on the board for very long, you know, many of them had been involved for years and they were very smart, well-respected leaders. So I, I, again, I really just tried to dig in and, and learn as much as I could about Weedy. And so you were asking me, um, to talk about Weedy and its mission and really Weedy is, I guess, public private partnership is one of the ways you can describe it. It's, um, you know, it was it was formed um, really around some of these ideas that became central to the HIPAA legislation around the idea of taking transactions that were manual paper and creating electronic standards that the industry could implement. We could have one way of doing things and and bring that efficiency and simplification to what we were doing. And Weedy was really that organization. I often describe Weedy as being in the middle where, and, and that there's a bi-directional flow of work that happens. So we can listen to the industry. What is the industry trying to solve? And then through our work, we can funnel some of those needs out to you know, the standards development organizations or CMS, HHS, federal side of things. And then on the flip side, we can take what's happening within those federal regulations um, or, or within the standards development organizations and what's coming out as requirements 
and help to educate the industry on what that means for them and, and what they will need to do to, to implement that. So that's um, how I often describe Weedy and um, really trying to play that role in getting the industry to understand what its needs are and then how to implement those needs so that we can bring ourselves to a more productive, more efficient point within within the system. Good. Thank, thank you. Uh, we've been talking with Nancy Spector. She is the incoming chair of the board of Weedy. Uh, and we're going to have more conversations with her after our, after our commercial for now. Let's take a quick break and we'll hear from our producer, Michael McNutt. Hi, everyone. On February 23rd and 24th, we hope you can be a part of our quest for health equity, a two-day virtual learning event on Zoom. Experts in the fields of health IT and public health will discuss the importance data interoperability plays in serving underserved and vulnerable populations. Our fantastic lineup of presenters are headlined by our two keynote speakers, Dr. Georges Benjamin, Executive Director of the American Public Health Association, and George Halverson, CEO and Chair of the Institute for Intergroup Understanding. Podcast listeners can use the code PODCAST for 20% off the registration rate. To view our entire agenda and learn more about the program, please visit Weedy.org. It's the quest for health equity. February 23rd and 24th, brought to you by Weedy. We're back and we're talking with Nancy Spector. She's the incoming chair of the board for Weedy on another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Uh, when we were just uh, talking with Nancy, she was telling us a little bit about what Weedy's done over the last 25 years uh, in terms of implementing administrative simplification. And she talked about how, you know, she Weedy's ro other role is to take uh, information and ideas from the industry and then feed them as advice uh, to government entities for the next legislation. So, Nancy, my my question then to you is in these as we celebrate HIPAA's 25th birthday here, um, how well do you think the industry and maybe uh, legislation and government along with it, how long, do you, how well do you think the healthcare industry has done in implementing those administrative simplification uh, provisions and, and has it got us to the place where we want to be? That is a really tough question, Matthew, actually. And um, there's many layers to that. Uh, I, I think easily I can answer the last part of your question. Have we gotten to where we needed to be? No, we haven't. Um, but um, in terms of how we're doing, it's challenging. In some ways, there are um, you know aspects that are really good, and um, you know you look at how the industry had been mostly manual, and um, you know looking at paper exchanges for how they were doing these transactions. So even just looking at the claim, for example, and, and one of the roles I play in my job at the AMA is that I chair the National Uniform Claim Committee. And that committee is um, maintains the 1500 paper claim form. And that committee grew out of a need back in the mid 80s to have a uniform paper form. And so that committee came together, created a uniform paper form that Medicare, CMS adopted, and the rest of the industry went along and using for the most part. And then, then we had to move it to electronic, which um, 
made more sense. You know, let's let's get this even better off of paper and into electronic. And that's probably the most successful transaction in terms of its implementation. I think when you look at um, the the utilization rates with the transactions, that's a like a 95, 98% of the transactions that are being exchanged are using the electronic transaction from X12. Um, and then you start to go down from that, the payments, the, um, the 835 remittance advice payment, that I think is next. And I don't know the exact numbers. And then there's eligibility that is done electronically, but then it starts to drop off and, and you start to look at your prior authorizations. You start to look at, um, you know, the attachments that need to go, whether it's for prior authorization or claim, um, trying to think of some of the other transactions, the claim status type transactions. They're, they're prob I don't know the exact numbers as to what their utilization rates are, but it, it drops off into the probably the 60, 50%. I think the, the prior off one is at the lowest, somewhere around maybe 20%. And so you can see clearly the industry has a lot of work that it could still be doing to um, standardize those transactions and then standardizing, reducing the time, the cost, the just the resources that go into those, what should be simple transactions. So that's so, an area where, um, yeah, I think the the industry has a long way to go. So that's a great, that's a great uh, kickoff for the next uh, for the next question, which is um, so. Given the industry has a lot of work to do, and you mentioned prior auth, I know that the uh, last administration passed a, a prior authorization requirement requiring prior authorization at least between some government payers and uh, providers. Um, so what is Weedy's role in, in this work that uh, the industry has in front of it? Well, I think um, Weedy's role would be in, you know, understanding, first of all, what those requirements are and being able to educate the industry on those requirements. And then also in helping to, um, are there resources, is there um, work that Weedy can do to help, um, like I said, understand what it is, but then um, help organizations actually get to where they need to be to meet those requirements. And then also listening to the industry, what's working, what's not working. And, and again, passing that back through, um, through our advisory role um, with HHS to, to say, this is working, this isn't working. Um, some of those, um, uh, the work within those, the, that regulatory requirement um, draws on HL7 and X12 standards that are being developed. So is there, you know, work that we can do collaboratively with those organizations to help them to understand, again, what the industry is experiencing as they're trying to implement? What, what are the business processes, the business um, issues that they're seeing and um, what needs to be done to fix, fix those, address those, whatever, whatever might, um, be seen out of, um, those implementations. So, and, and I think just to put a note on this though, um, for the listeners that, um, that regulation, it's a little bit in limbo right now because of it, um, with the change in the administration, uh, my understanding is that, uh, some of those regulations that were coming out, um, uh, there in sort of late December, early January, 
have been put on hold while the new administration gets a chance to look at that and review it. Gotcha. That's good information. And, and as you as the incoming uh, chair of the board, what do you see your role in Weedy or what are your plans for Weedy? So my plans, and this goes back to, you know, my um, origin as a nurse and now working for physicians, I feel that my guide is going to be first do no harm. You know, Weedy is made up of a lot of very bright, dedicated, engaged people. And I mean, last year alone, you know, we, um, with the pandemic, so many people, um, pretty much everybody, had to rethink the way they're doing their work. And Weedy did too. And we, um, much of our work is done virtually in work groups and, you know, through calls. Um, but we also, um, have um, our in-person conferences and in other in-person events. And we had to think about how are we going to do that now that we can't meet face-to-face? -face? So, um, you know, I, we, the, the Weedy staff, the Weedy board, the Weedy work groups, the Weedy, everybody um, all the way down the volunteers really worked hard over the last year to make sure that we could keep up with our top-notch education and um, continue to produce the resources that um, you know the industry um, needs and is looking for uh, related to all the various topics that that we uh, work on. So I, again, I, I just want to be there to to you know, make sure that um, I can support what work is going on within Weedy and that the resources are there for the work groups, the committees, everybody to be able to do the job that they're trying to do. Gotcha. So Nancy, uh, what I like to do is pull back from your work with Weedy and, and the AMA and, and talk to you just as a, as a healthcare thought leader, health IT thought leader. You know, we've got uh, 25 years of HIPAA, of course. We've got interoperability uh, requirements coming due. We've got transparency rules coming due. Where, where do you see the healthcare industry uh, going forward or in the next couple of years? Great question. I think over the next several years, we're going to see more um, activity around solving the interoperability um, with data and um, looking at the business problems that um, organizations have as it relates to being able to exchange that data, get that data in, be able to use that data and do that in a way that's efficient and can remove some of the burden that's, that currently exists in doing that. So um, that's, that's what I'm hopeful that we'll see. And there's you know so many innovative projects going on, whether you're looking at what's happening within HL7 and FIRE or you know, the Da Vinci work, um, other um, of those FIRE Accelerator groups, Karen, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, I think, really smart and um, dedicated people who are trying to solve these issues. And so I, I think the, the solutions, you know, are yet to be um, identified or, or, you know, the complete solution has yet to be identified. But I think there are a lot of really good pieces out there and we're going to start to see that coming together. And, um, that's that's my hope. I think from a clinical perspective, you know, going back to that um, aspect, 
I really hope that we can start to move forward in a direction that will address the gaps that we see today, whether it's in access to care, affordability of care, equity in care, delivery. And some of those are, you know, outside of the scope of what Weedy does. But um, you know, I think that the more that we can do with um, reducing burden in the system, it's going to free up resources to then uh, address these other areas of need. And, um, and you know, again, I, I mentioned, you know, that Weedy, there are, there are, you know, so many different aspects that go into health data exchange and, and um, you know, we tend to think about things from, you know, the administrative um, transactions and, and the business side of healthcare of, you know, getting a claim submitted, getting the claim paid, you know, getting the prior auth or the eligibility and benefit check. But, um, you know, the, um, there's other aspects of the data that, um, are used or other areas and where the data is used, like in the public health area, or, you know, there's a lot of focus now on looking at the health equity and your social determinants of health and how that plays a role in the care that's delivered. And so um, just want to point out again that um, those are all areas that as we can solve some of these more basic needs, we can spend more time and resources in, in um, these other areas. So um, it, I, I just want to mention that um, Weedy is doing a forum on February 23rd and 24th. <laughs> I feel like I need to put in a plug for that, that um, the, it's on the quest for health equity. And so we've got a great lineup of speakers who are going to be talking about health equity and the social determinants of health. Of again, of the data and um, what it is we need to be capturing and exchanging so that we can be able to really start to understand what the problems are and the gaps and, and what we need to do to start um, focusing on that. Very good. And Nancy, any other resources you think uh, our listeners, we should direct our listeners to? I think, you know, uh, just the Weedy website really uh, would be the, the primary place to go and, and look at what we've been doing over the years. There's, you know, we have the Knowledge Center within there, uh, within the website where you can look at um, the various papers, uh, recorded webinars that we have, um, you know, just there's a lot of resources there and you can get signed up for work groups if anything looks interesting. And if you aren't sure how to get signed up, um, you can always reach out uh, the Weedy staff. Samantha Holvey would be one person you could reach out to. I think, again, you know, thinking back to my own beginning at Weedy, and I was talking a little bit about, I just started spending time listening and participating in different groups and trying to absorb as much as I could. And then from there, you know, started to feel comfortable and taking on, you know, being a co-chair in a, in a work group and, um, and then, you know, being part of coming up with ideas for education, speaking at events and um, really writing papers and, and, you know, getting more involved in that. So just really encourage people to look at the website and see what interests them and just start getting involved and listening and, and take it from there. Very good. And, and I think your origin story is like 
it's a if there's a lesson to be derived from it, right? If if people are looking for a way to actually make change, if they're in healthcare now and they want to see broader change, Weedy is the advisory uh, group to uh, the HHS secretary on on matters of change, right? In in this in this healthcare uh, industry, so Weedy is a good place to see your work uh, maybe end in change. Exactly. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you, Nancy. This has been a great discussion with Nancy Spector, incoming chair of the Weedy Board, and this has been the collective voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us and be safe.